Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. The finance minister is also, we're going to talk money now, the finance minister is also saying, has said that the federal government is going to help struggling Canadians by spending some $8.9 billion. Now, I have to remember, that money was previously announced. But let's back it up a little bit. The United States Fed, their national bank, has upped the interest rate 0.75%, with likely more to come. The Bank of Canada will follow suit. They've said that. They've promised that. So we're already seeing some reverberations. Well, we've seen that in the stock market. The stock markets have taken one heck of a pounding over the last weeks. And what lies ahead as far as that's concerned? Who knows? But housing is hurting. Home sales drop 22%. That's already, that was a headline story this week. One in four homeowners have said raising mortgage rates may force them to sell. That was a Manulife Bank of Canada survey that was reported on by Global News. Also, another story says some Canadians may see mortgage rates rise 45% in 2020, uh, 25, 26. Energy costs are going to increase. And again, the Minister of Finance and the Deputy Prime Minister, Christian Freeland, assures Canadians who are struggling financially, they'll be helped by the spending of $8.9 billion. There is so much going on. There are so many questions that need to be asked. And and answered, and uh, the best person I can think of to speak with uh, about this is Professor Eric Cam, Professor of Macroeconomics at Toronto Metropolitan University. He's a tremendous favorite with all of our listeners across the country. Professor, good to have you with us. Uh, let me start first of all. Let's let's just leave the in, the Emergencies Act out. Let's talk about money. So when the Deputy Prime Minister says that she's going to help struggling Canadians financially by spending eight point nine billion dollars money that was previously announced. What do you say to that? Uh, hi, Roy. I think that the federal government and I think that the finance minister is a hypocrite because this affordability plan is nothing of the like. It's neither affordable nor a plan. You can't spend yourself out of inflation, Roy. You can spend yourself out of a recession, but you can't spend yourself out of inflation. As we've talked about before on past episodes, the only thing that makes people better off is to increase their disposable income. And that's just a simple formula of income minus taxes. But if you look at the affordability plan, it neither raises income nor lowers taxes. This is a handout and frankly, not very much of one and to very few people. And a handout is how we got into this problem in the first place. So I actually see this plan as being nothing but smoke and mirrors, and I don't know how this helps, frankly, anybody in the long run. Now, an $8.9 billion in the big picture is not very much money, and millions of Canadians are struggling. Millions of Canadians are facing the $2 plus, uh, $2 plus liter of gasoline. They're looking at other energy costs rising. They're looking at uh, heating their homes this winter. Now, we add to that, uh, that scenario, of course, is augmented by the fact that inflation is 
at a 40-year high. The banks are, central banks are raising interest rates. So, uh, Professor, if we, if we look at what was done in the United States, uh, 0.75 rate, 0.75, that's actually two different numbers, by, uh, by the Fed and the Bank of Canada following suit and raising interest rates higher, they've promised us that. How do you assess those particular moves and what impact do you think they're going to have on slowing down uh, inflation? Because that's the bank's objective. Do you think they're doing the right thing? I think they're doing the only thing they have, Roy. I think when you have, and I don't like this analogy, but when you only have one bullet in your holster, you pretty much have to fire it. And so the Bank of Canada has been handed a supply chain mess. They've been handed absolutely out of control monetary spending. And so I think that when you take all that and you package it and you hand it to someone on their doorstep and say, here, can you please fix this and do it quickly? Um, I think that's a real challenge. And I think that Dr. Macklem and his team really are looking at a long run scenario saying, if you want to bring down prices and get us out of this price level spiral, then the only thing that we can really do is increase the price to borrow money. That's all we can do because frankly, as a central bank, it's all that we have. I mean, the central bank is a wonderful institution, but it can't increase the supply of oil, Roy. It can't increase the supply of natural gas. It can't cut federal taxes on gas and it can't at least put the green initiative on the shelf. So the only green initiative that they can look at is putting more green in your wallet. But again, they can't do that without partnering with the federal government. And for some reason, our federal government doesn't really want to do that. It wants to work on various and sundry other things that they think will help Canadians at a time that you and I know more Canadians are so close to financial insolvency. So do I think the Bank of Canada is doing the right thing? Yes. But I also think it's doing the only thing it can do, given the mess that they've been handed. Now, there are external factors that the bank cannot influence. You pointed out to some of them. Another one is the supply chain. Now, the supply chain continues to be an international mess. And as long as that supply chain remains significantly challenged, I th that doesn't that just automatically affect uh, inflation as well? Oh, it does very much. I mean, as, as I've said before on your show, the disaster scenario in economics is out of control aggregate demand and too little aggregate supply. And that's where we sit on the 18th of June, 2022. I mean, again, people keep looking at the Bank of Canada for miracles, but they are not fighting a war between Russia and the Ukraine. And they are not able to release the supply chain issues. And they are not able to increase natural gas. They are not able to take the things that Canadians could possibly do better and exploit comparative advantages because that's not in their in their wheelhouse. It is not in their bailiwick. They do two things. They control the money supply and they control the interest rate. So they're doing everything that they are legally allowed to do right now. But if you ask me, what are the five or six points that I'd implement? I just mentioned them a minute ago. The Bank of Canada can't do any of those things. That is what the federal government is paid to do. And the federal government isn't willing to do any of them. Well, let me just ask you about this. This is the cornerstone issue for so many people, millions of people in this country, housing. So now we've, we've heard that home sales have dropped 22%. One in four homeowners has said that raising uh, mortgage rates may force them to sell. Um, and, uh, and, and there's this story that just 
floored me. Some Canadians may see mortgage rates rise 45% by 25-26. What do you make of the housing situation? Uh, I have two issues, and you may have heard me use the word hypocrite, uh, and it really is related to the housing situation, which is for the better part of about 20 years, all you heard from the government is come to Canada and you will be able to live the great Canadian dream and afford a home. And they did everything they could to get homeowners into the market. They dropped the interest rate pretty close to zero. They dropped the stress test pretty close to zero. And what they did was encourage people who otherwise could not afford either a home or the size and price of a home that they were looking at, they encouraged those people to buy. And then we're where we are today, and you're going to tell all of those people you are perilously close, Roy, to losing your home. I frankly think it's cruel. Interest rates are going up, mortgage rates are going up, and there's very little we can do about that. But I really feel bad for those young people that were kind of sold a bill of goods for 10 years when the government said, even though you're on the brink of being able to afford this house, buy it. We'll make it manageable. Well, guess what, Roy? It's not manageable anymore, and I feel sick for people that are going to lose their homes. Okay, let's get to your calls. Shane, let's start with you in Edmonton. Please go ahead. Hey, Roy. I love the show. Thanks for having me on. Thank you, sir. Uh, I wanted to ask you, Beth, I really agree with a lot of the things he says, but back in uh, 2020, as early as March or April, there were... Shane? Have we lost Shane? Let me put him on hold. Hello, can you hear me? Now we can hear you fine. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, I just want to say that as early as March or April of 2020, there were a number of people in more of the alternative media that were really ringing alarm bells about the the possibility of runaway rampant inflation as a result of the spending that all governments were doing. I know inflation is a problem that's worldwide. I heard in the House of Commons yesterday they they were debating it. They have high inflation in the U.K., I, to me, it seems so obvious, and I'm not an economist, but it seems so obvious that a big part of the inflation is a direct result of the spending that we did in, in forms of CERB payments and all these crazy government programs. And I just wonder if your guests would comment on that. Well, ahead, it's Professor. an excellent question. And the answer is it, you don't have to be an economist. It's very commonsensical to note that if you have too many dollars chasing too few goods, that the only direction the price level can go is up. And I have to say, you're right about the alternative sources of media. But if you listen to the Roy Green show, we've been talking about this for a couple of years. Okay. And we have Keith is in Winnipeg. Keith, please go ahead. What's the question you have? My question is, do you not think, uh, do you not believe that uh, if the the federal government was able to uh, put a cap on on the uh, uh, oil, like how much the company is charged for oil, would eventually bring down the inflation because I'm a, I, I'm a truck driver and uh, it costs us a hell of a lot more to uh, fill our tanks and it, essentially we have to pass that on to the, the, uh, the general public. So we need to somehow bring down the, uh, the price of oil because that's what's causing the, the, everything to go up. Okay, Keith, let's get an answer for you. 
And Keith, you're absolutely right. But again, a government can only do what the government can do. And there's two things they could do, of course. They could bring down the taxes or they could increase the supply. But your federal government in Ottawa has done all but both of those things. And that's why you're stuck in the position you're in. And as a family coming from a family of truckers, I sympathize greatly. Keith, let me ask you a question. Uh, what does it yeah. cost you to fill up your truck now? Uh, literally have to stop the pump and start it again because we max out the pump at $990. Wow. And uh, so I have to stop the pump and then restart it. And yeah. generally it takes another two to $300 after that. Oh so my we're goodness. looking at close to $1,200 to $1,300 per, per fill. That's for one way. So that affects your personal economy, and by extension, it eventually affects each and every one of us. Keith, thank you very much for the call. To Langley, British Columbia, and Brandon. Brandon, go ahead, please. You're on the air. Hi. Um, I was just wondering, is there any mechanism at all that um, the government can put in place to uh, lower interest rates for, say, like uh, credit cards, loan payday loans, all that kind of stuff, to cap it to, say, like, maybe like 10% and you put a moratorium or a, a clause on that, that that ends in like five years, 10 years. But just because we see all these bankruptcies that are going, are going to happen. And if you give a chance for people to actually pay back their, their loans by, by capping that interest rate. And we all know that these, the, the okay, let's see what the, the professor has to say, Brandon, let's get an answer for you. Well, the short answer is, is that the banks are very powerful in this and every country. And the government really can't ask the banks to lower their interest rates. I mean, I know what you're saying about bankruptcies, but again, I think a government and a central bank can only control what they can control. And I would ask them to look at fiscal and monetary policy to help make consumers' lives better. I don't really think they can conceivably ask the banks to cap or lower their interest rates. That's just the government has to stay in its lane, too. Okay. We, we have time for one more question. Shale is in Balmanville, Ontario. Shane, what's the question for Professor Cam? Um, my question is, do you find that the Bank of Canada is uh, raising interest rates along with uh, what the U.S. Fed is doing in order to keep the Canadian dollar, uh, the strength of the Canadian dollar in line with the strength of the U.S. dollar in order to perform uh, trade uh, effectively? Excellent question. My short answer is no. What's going on right now in the Bank of Canada is nothing more than an emergency procedure to try to bring down the spiraling rise in the price level. I mean, I know that there's theories out there about international trade and purchasing power parity, but no, I think right now the Bank of Canada is laser focused on bringing down the price level. All right, Shane, appreciate the call. Professor Cam, is there uh, a silver lining anywhere that you're uh, seeing on the horizon? I'm not asking for the pot of the gold at the end of the rainbow, just a little bit of a silver lining somewhere. No, I don't see the silver lining. The silver lining is that the real GDP hasn't tanked yet, and this hasn't got to the labor market. And let's hope that all of these initiatives take hold before it does get to the labor market and we're thrown into stagflation. If there is good news today, Roy, it's that we're not there yet. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.